From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., Democratic Governor Tony Evers is set to unveil his budget proposal next week, and we're starting to get a clearer picture of what will be included and some big, bold items are emerging. Evers announced over the weekend that his budget for the next two fiscal years would include legalization of recreational and medical marijuana. People would purchase marijuana at state-sanctioned locations, and the state would regulate and tax marijuana in the same way it taxes alcohol. Evers says the move could generate $166 million for the state in the first year, and about half the money would go toward helping rural schools and underserved communities. Evers' idea stems from the 2018 campaign when he promised he would make legalization of marijuana a priority. So how are Republicans who control the state legislature reacting to this plan, and do you think it'll go anywhere? Uh, So far they've been fairly quiet about it. The best guess is it's not likely to go very far with the legislature. Remember, Two years ago, Governor Evers put something similar, not quite the same, in his budget. This is a little bit more far-reaching than what he proposed two years ago. Um, but Republicans took it out of the budget right away before they even got really to considering the nitty-gritty of it. Uh, we know that Assembly Speaker Robin Voss has said before he's opened the idea of medical marijuana, but he would want that considered as a, a standalone bill, not as part of the budget. So while we're not hearing much from Republican leaders right now, the guess is that it's not likely that this is that this proposal will go very far in the budget. Now, there has been growing momentum among Republicans for some relaxation of medical or marijuana laws in Wisconsin. We've seen a bill already introduced this session from Republicans to, uh, you know, lower the penalties for marijuana. We've seen bills before about medical marijuana. I just don't get the impression right now that this is going to go very far in the budget that Republicans will send back the governor at some point uh, later this year. You were mentioning that Assembly Speaker Robin Boss has indicated he could support medical marijuana. Plus, the state Senate now has new leadership since Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald, a staunch critic of this plan, was elected to the House of Representatives in November. Now, given these factors, do you think some form of this plan will come to fruition in Wisconsin? I I guess it's hard to see right now because while Scott Fitzgerald is no longer in uh, the state Senate, uh, the person who replaced him, Devin Lemahue, I have not known him to be a very loud advocate of relaxing mar- marijuana laws in Wisconsin. Now, we'll see. Maybe the dynamic of that caucus has changed. But as somebody put it out to me before uh, about Fitzgerald's opposition to this, these laws or these changes in laws, uh, the, the person's point was that it wasn't just Fitzgerald. It was Fitzgerald kind of more speaking up and representing the position of his caucus. So I don't know that you have a majority of the Senate Republicans right now who are in favor of something like medical marijuana. And unless you have a majority of that caucus in favor of it, I don't see a bill coming to the floor of the Senate anytime soon. In another big development last week, the state legislature ended Governor Evers' COVID-related emergency declaration and statewide mask mandate. But within minutes, Evers issued a new emergency order and mask mandate. So what happens next? Do you think the legislature will try again to end these orders? Or do you think they'll wait for the Wisconsin Supreme Court to issue a ruling? Ultimately, the court has to step in to kind of clarify what the extent of the governor's powers are 
in a pandemic like this. Now, uh, late last week, you know, everything happened when the Senate passed a bill. Governor Evers vetoed the bill um, that was supposed to kind of address some of the concerns about how they're trying to overturn his uh, public health declaration. There was all the action about the resolution to end public health emergencies. It was kind of a chaotic end of the week with these bills, and we basically heard a lot of kind of finger-pointing at the end. The question about whether they'll try to reach a new deal on a COVID bill, that's a huge question out there. don't know if that's going to happen. Um, whether they're going, they would try to overturn this latest public health emergency. I think the dust was still settling last week at the very end of the week about what happened there in that, that flurry of Thursday and Friday. So we're not sure, but ultimately, unless the court steps in, we could get stuck in a cat and mouse game where Governor Evers, Evers issues a public health declaration, legislature overturns it, and issues a new one. So really the courts have to kind of lay down for us what are the extent of the governor's powers. The argument before the court back in the fall was, is the pandemic just one event where the governor gets one public health declaration and he needs the legislature to sign on to extending or the powers that he has? Or are there unique events that develop during the pandemic that justify issuing a new public health declaration, which is what Evers did. Remember, he did the first one back in uh, March of 2020, then uh, for part of the stay-at-home order. Then in late July, he issued a new public health declaration, which is the foundation for the mask mandate he put in place. Then he issued another public health declaration to extend that mask mandate. So he's arguing that there are unique instances with the pandemic, i.e. cases rising, that justify a new declaration. We'll see what the court says about that. But ultimately, without the court stepping in, we're going to be in this kind of standoff between uh, Governor Evers and Republican lawmakers. As you were saying, in the middle of all this, Governor Evers vetoed a COVID-19 relief package that the legislature had passed just hours before. Evers supported an earlier version of the package, but objected to amendments that were made in the Senate, such as provisions that would have prohibited the closing of places of worship during the pandemic and barred employers from forcing workers to get the vaccine. So now what? Is it back to the drawing board on this issue? Well, if they want to get something done, yeah. I mean, there are lots of things at stake here. I mean, one, um, that bill that the governor vetoed, you know, there were a number of visions that, you know, there was $100 million of state money to deal with COVID costs, but also there was an extension of a suspension of a one-week waiting period for those who are out of work to begin collecting their unemployment checks. Um, Republicans a decade ago put that requirement in place that once you uh, are laid off, you have to wait one week before you can get a check for unemployment. Um, with that suspension ended uh, Sunday this past week, the bill that Governor Evers vetoed would have extended that until mid-March. You know, it's, it's, it's not huge money, but if you are somebody who is newly laid off after this past Sunday, it affects you. You have to wait one week. If you're off work for six weeks but get a new job, then you lose one week of unemployment check. So that's a big deal for those folks. Now, if you are laid off and claim the full maximum of 26 weeks, you're not impacted by it. But for those people who are, you know, that's that's significant. Will the legislature and the Governor Evers get together and try and work something out to address that? There also are issues about, um, you know, those who are on food stamps. There's enhanced federal funding for uh, states that have a public health declaration in place because of the pandemic. 
We have another public health declaration because the governor has issued one, but if that goes away via the courts or another act of legislature, then what? You know, there's $49 million from our 200,000 households in the month of January alone. So those things are kind of at stake. The thing is, Governor Evers and Central Leader uh, Devin Lemmy, who reached a deal on a bill that included something that Governor Evers wasn't really a big fan of, and that is liability protections for businesses and schools and churches and nonprofits um, that Republicans really wanted in exchange for a fairly clean bill otherwise when it comes to things addressed with COVID. But Assembly Speaker Robin Voss had a number of visions that he wanted in there and eventually got them back in. Those are things like banning employers from requiring a COVID vaccine condition of employment. Um, like you mentioned, stripping state local officials their power to uh, restrict meetings at places of worship during this pandemic. Things like that that they really wanted that are now not, that the governor didn't like. So can they go back to the bill that Lemmy, Hugh, and Evers worked out and get something done? Maybe. Um, I just don't know what the motivation is for Republicans right now to get that done, if they really feel a need to do it, or if there's a, 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 a what do we call it, a, a, oh, uh, an aura of cooperation in the Capitol right now. They have not done a very good job in terms of working together so far in the two plus years since Evers became governor, especially on difficult issues. The question is, can they get it together right now and hammer something out on a bill that really impacts people's lives? And finally, Assembly Majority Leader Jim Steinecke raised eyebrows last week when emails surfaced from last year in which he called the Racial Disparities Task Force that he was about to co-chair a political loser. He made those comments in an email to Assembly Speaker Robin Voss in August during the unrest that occurred in Kenosha after a police officer shot Jacob Blake. Steinecke has since apologized, saying his comments were misconstrued but even so, do you think this will come back to haunt him? No, not with Republicans, no. I mean, honestly, Steinecke was in some ways telling the truth. Uh, for a Republican leading that task force, is probably not going to win you a lot of uh, applause with in conservative circles, and it's hard to see how Democrats give you much credit for what you're trying to do. So, I mean, politically, he was given an honest answer to Robin Voss in a private email. He didn't think he was ever going to get out. That said... It does um, raise suspicions among Democrats about Republicans' intentions with this task force if they're really, truly trying to get something done or if it's political, trying to cover their political hinds' um, rear ends. So there's that. Then, two Republicans are kind of taken aback by some of the pushback that Sinekey's gotten. And there is some sense that, you know, what's the point of trying to work with Democrats on these issues like this if this is what you're going to get? So there are bills out there to overhaul police policies. Will there be a big push uh, of cooper, or you know, and again, an environment of cooperation among Republicans and Democrats on a sensitive issue like that after this episode? This could be impacted by that. We'll see. Uh, but as far as like Steinke's political fortunes, no, not likely. I mean, he's in a very safe Republican seat. Uh, one thing you mentioned in that email was that he has no visions of grandeur beyond the assembly other than maybe running for county executive. I don't know this is something that's going to bite him in that race if he ever does run. But as far as like his political fortune in the Capitol, no, it just it wasn't a great look. And it doesn't help the environment we're seeing right now where Democrats and Republicans have suspicions of each other when it comes to sensitive topics to work on. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. 
You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.